I, I have to be really honest. There's a little confession I'm making right now. And that is I find it so joyful to see when a man or a couple guys jump up and get trash cans and they pass the trash can so you can throw your trash in it instead of passing a plate and looking down the aisle to see if you're putting money in it. I just, I love it that you're throwing your trash away. That's what this is all about is growing in the Lord and, and uh, being all about the business of the Lord and so <clears throat> not being focused on other things. So praise the Lord. Hey, I have a, a couple of things here. This is a nice little container. And here is a Hamilton Beach, beautiful crock pot. Uh, I'd like to auction it off, but it belongs to somebody. I don't know who it belongs to, but sure would like to have you collect it. It's been out here. If you needed a crock pot recently, and you didn't know where it was at. It was sitting out here in the church building. So I'm going to put this back over there and and if it doesn't get picked up, then I guess we'll just leave it downstairs and we'll use it at our next potluck here at the building. So, there we go. Now, I got some announcements. You want to grab your uh, bulletin right now? That would be great. Just a couple of additions to uh, uh, what we got going on. So, uh, tomorrow night, Monday night, College Age, we're going to be answering the all-important all question, Why? Uh, Jeff Drillinger and Scott to Kirkpatrick have inspired me to, uh, to do a series on why. And so uh, uh, one of the great questions is, why is there evil in the world? It's horrible. And it seems like it's, it's growing. Why? We need to answer that question because I've had that question asked of me quite frequently recently. And I don't know if you have, but people really want to know why. Why is there sickness and death in this world? Okay. Why do I have to get out of bed and go to work? I mean, there's a, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of questions why this series is going to go for a long time. But it will be uh, quite invigorating because those questions are questions that really do have great biblical answers. And so when people have that, then uh, they, you can answer that. So with that, uh, we are going to be doing a Wednesday night potluck at the Compton House. And so Wednesday night, we do our family fellowship dinners. It's going to be at the Compton Place this Wednesday. Uh, dinner's at 6, and then uh, teaching is at 7. And so come on out. We're looking forward to it. I know that we've been going to uh, uh, the Parks Place, but, uh, but for this, this particular event, the Wednesday evening uh, potluck, will be at our house. So please uh, make note of that. And then also to Memorial Day. I love family traditions. And here's one of our family traditions uh, here at Pleasant Hill. The Kirkpatricks uh, always have a, a great excitement about hosting everybody Sunday evening. Uh, most of us don't have to go to work. Uh, some of our LEOs, unfortunately, do work all the time. But anyway, uh, but for a lot of us, we uh, get to uh, have a Sunday evening off relatively, not worried about tomorrow. Monday. So Memorial Day weekend, Sunday, there's going to be a, a potluck over at, or a barbecue, excuse me, over at the Kirkpatrick's. 4.30 in the afternoon is when it will start. Of course, you know, six o'clock is the evening assembly. And then, so please RSVP with Scott and Miriam, and then bring your favorite side dish. So it should be a great time. Always is. All right. Five, five. Oh, five is when you'll start eating, but 4.30 show up and, yeah. and whatever. Okay. Sounds good. Um, let's see, what else do we have going on here? Uh, six o'clock tonight at uh, the Parks Place for evening assembly. We're going to continue 
uh, our study of the appendices to the elementary teachings. I have, I'm going to finish that up this, this month. That's my goal so that we can do it to print. The 2022 edition will be available if you want the latest, greatest update. Nine appendix, all the lessons have been updated. So, uh, and then uh, you might want to pray. I'm going to try and get a book written on that thing by the end of the year. That's my goal. So that way you have a chapter book and the actual teaching. So if you pray about that, that'd be great. So with that, the park's place tonight. Any other announcements I might need to make? Lady studies on, right? Anybody know if it's, it's usually on? So, okay, here we go. Ryan, great lesson. Thanks for being honest, yet being committed to continuing to work on getting rid of the old man and putting on the new man. Great job. There you go. Let's go for Ryan. I like this one too. Cynthia, I love hearing you sing in the mornings. Thanks for, for sharing the piano with me and sharing your gift of music with the church body. I hope you have a fantastic week. In the Lord, let's give it up for Cynthia. To our church family, I am so thankful and grateful for the smiles, the hugs, the children's laughter, and the great fellowship. So church body, that's for you. Holton, great job in being spot on with your answers in Bible class. Trusting God and living the life are powerful in drawing people to Christ. Appreciate your understanding. Let's go to for Holton. Great job this morning. All right. Liberty, liberty, liberty. You are such a blessing, always encouraging and being such a light. Woohoo! Let's go to Liberty. That's awesome. Now I got a whole bunch more here. Wow, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of them. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Lars and Angie, your faithfulness in meeting with the Christians each Lord's Day is a huge encouragement. You are a huge blessing. Let's give it up for Lars and Angie. Jacob, so thankful for the young man of faith you are and willingness to step in when asked. You have a great young, you are a great young servant of God and I am excited to see how your faith is growing in the Lord. Amen. Let's give it up for Jake. All right, this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Tamara, your hard work and investment for Bible class blesses many and will continue to bless in the future. Amen. Investing in our young people. That's great. Alton and Holly Halstead, like there's anyone else. Alton and Holly Halstead in our assembly this morning. So thank you for raising amazing boys. It was a huge blessing to have Lawson and Royce in Bible class. They are quality guys. And I can say amen to that one. Hey, Royce, I like the tie, dude. Sporting the tie. Uh huh. I know. You wanted to preach a sermon too, don't you? A couple years and we'll get you on stage, okay? I promise. A couple years. We'll get her done. All right, any others? Going once, going twice, duly encouraged, let's move on. Turn your Bibles, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 
In verse 7, we're going to finish up the lesson that we started last week. I got a little eager and enthusiastic and I didn't get my lesson done. So uh, you know how that sometimes happens. But instead of going until 1 o'clock, we cut her off at an appropriate time and we'll finish it. Quit smiling at me like that. We'll finish it today. All right. Here we go. Verse 7. Paul the Apostle speaking to the young uh, evangelist Timothy. He says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am, and am convinced that he is able to guard that which I entrusted to him until that day. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and the love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who, who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. You are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Fregellus and Hermogenes, the Lord grant mercy to the house of Oniferous, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. Let's turn to Romans in chapter one. We are not ashamed is really what this lesson is all about. We are actually empowered and we have been given a great position and great power in the Lord. And so if you turn with me to the book of Romans in chapter one, listen to the apostle Paul here in verse 15 and 16. He says in verse 15, so for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for the time we could spend together. Help us, dear Heavenly Father, to remember that the scripture teaches that the Christians came together each first day of the week uh, to be encouraged, to, to be built up, uh, to be equipped for the works of service that we would do during the coming week. We're reminded of the sacrifice of your son each Sunday morning, remembering on the first day the great purpose and mission, purpose that we have in Christ Jesus to seek and to save the lost. Father, so I pray in your son's name that you'd help us to see that this morning once again. In Jesus' name, amen. So please go back to 2 Timothy once again. And uh, I want to just give a really very fast, quick review of what we talked about last week. 
the very first thing we did is we defined what does the word ashamed actually mean. Now, if you have your lesson plan from last week, the one that I provided in the bulletin this morning is the same exact one. I haven't changed anything. Even the typos are the same, I discovered this morning. And so i just pass over those, please, if you would. But I want to let you know that if you didn't get what the word ashamed means, it's absolutely amazing. In each of the contexts, the word ashamed has a powerful meaning. It means this. It means to be ashamed. It means to feel embarrassed, inferior, unworthy, inadequate. This is saying, do not feel embarrassed about being up in prison, embarrassed about suffering for the, for the cross. You are not inferior. You are not unworthy. Rather, you are more than worthy in Christ Jesus. You are more than adequate in Christ Jesus. That's what the Apostle Paul is trying to tell the young man, Timothy. He himself says, I am unashamed. I do not have any fear what is to come. You know that he's on death row. You know that he's in a Roman prison. He knows the day and the hour of his execution. And he's not fearful. He's rather excited that he has kept the faith. He's run the course. He's going to receive the crown of glory, not only for himself, but he says for anybody who will stay the course. So he's excited about what is to come. Most people would be freaking out, but he so trusts the Lord. He's so sure that he gave his whole life in service to him. And now at the very end, he, know that, he knows that as he writes this last letter, there is no fear, but only an excited expectation of what is to come in a few days, maybe a few weeks from that time. And you know, to be unashamed literally means, in this case, to not fear failure, not fear what the future holds. You know, Anisphorus, he served Paul when he was in Asia, as it says there, but also too, when he went to Rome, he actively tried to find where he was at, and he actually did. He ministered to him in that Roman jail. Now remember, Paul's in that jail because he's, he's been the, one of the, the head preachers in the, the Christian church movement. And that's why he's in jail and he would soon lose his head. But he was unafraid. That's what it means to be unashamed. Are you ashamed of the name Christian? Well, you should read very carefully 1 Peter. It says, do not be ashamed of the name Christ or when you suffer for the name, knowing that as you suffer for that which is right, you actually glorify God in your body. And so as we looked at last week's lesson we also talked about the three words ashamed the first one to timothy was a word of encouragement or exhortation don't be ashamed continue because of the great spirit of god that's in you he said of himself i'm not ashamed in this life circumstance of near death because i'm suffering as a christian i am not ashamed i am not fearful i'm glorifying god in my body and then finally the last ashamed is an illustration you really want to see somebody who's fear, fearless? Take a look at Oniferous. He's ministering to me here in prison. And if they knew he was a Christian, he might very well suffer the same fate. Very powerful. Do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed. You know, any one of those could apply to us. Maybe the first one. Maybe you're growing 
now and you are unashamed no matter what may come or you have proved yourself as Oniphorus did. But the question is, in those times of terrible difficulty, will you be eager? Do you remember what the definition of eager means? It means to be cheerful in times of trial. Eager, earnest, willing to step in with a good attitude when there's great struggle and turmoil. That's oftentimes the exact opposite of the normal human response. Can I get an amen on that one? Man, how many times, I'm cheerful to go to work, and, you know, Monday morning. Then we talked about that little example, little groans, chuckles, you see. But that, that eagerness really not, needs to be manifest in the Christian life. Because, as it says, we consider all joy, my brethren. We encounter various trials, knowing that the testing that we go through produces endurance. You know, every morning could be that great test for you. So I don't know if this last Monday morning you got up and went, oh, wow, okay, so which one am I demonstrating? Monday morning is nothing compared to every moment that Paul sat in that prison waiting the day of his execution. We get up on Monday morning and we sometimes have that bad attitude. You know what? We have great opportunities on Monday morning to share the faith with other people, don't we? We get a new start. Now, the word enthusiastic is, remember, Enthus, E-N means in. Thus is for God. Enthus, God within, produces an attitude, a mindset. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, he was not, oh, this is great, I'm so excited about going to the cross. But inside, he was filled with the Spirit, excited to feel, fulfill God's purpose. Remember when he told the apostles, they're going to come for me and they're going to beat me and they're going to crucify me, but take courage because I'm going to be raised on the third day. He knew what the future held because he trusted what God said in the scriptures. Now here's the question. Can you be enthusiastic in the tough times to come knowing that if you remain faithful, God's will will be done in your life? Let me say that again. Can you be enthusiastic? Can you be positive about what's coming in the future, even though it might be painful, even though it might be difficult, because you know as you remain faithful, here it is, as you remain faithful to the Lord, God's will will be done. In the class this morning with the young men, we read a scripture from 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5, verse 16, 17, and 18. Rejoice in the Lord always. In everything give thanks, or pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? Rejoice always, pray always, be thankful always, no matter what the situation, because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul, in prison, in Philippi, because he was what? Joyful, rejoicing, giving thanks, singing to God in, in praise, was able to convert the jailer. What if he was spitting nails and angry as, as all get out because of the injustice of being thrown into jail? That Philippian jailer would be in the lake of fire right now. I'm sorry, in hell, awaiting the lake of fire right now. If Paul would have lived the normal human life, but he chose to live 
like Jesus Christ. And that jailer now is in heaven. And you want to know what? If you remain faithful, you'll get to meet that jailer. I want to meet him and go, what was it like? I've only had a vision of how bad it was in that jail. What was it like? And then I want to know, what was it like when Paul was, and says were singing in that cesspool of a dungeon? What was it like? I want to know. I can only see in my mind's eye based upon the descriptions of things I've read about Roman jails. I don't know about you, but that's so exciting. There was enthusiasm there. And it changed that man's eternity. By the way, not only that man's eternity, but his wife's eternity. And, and, and uh, the others in his household, their eternity. That's powerful. Now let's turn to the last part of the lesson. Point number three, the power, purpose, and position that we have if we trust in God. Now let's take a look at the first one, the power. Notice it says, and we're right here in, in 2 Timothy, notice God talks about, or Paul talks about power twice. Look at verse seven. He says, now Timothy, don't be shy, don't be timid, because God has given us a spirit of power, power. And then look over in the next couple verses. Uh, well, verse eight. He's, Paul says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me as prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Now, what is he talking about? Power. Well, it's the Greek word, if you want to write it down, it's the Greek word dunamis. You've heard me say this before. It's the Greek word dynamite. Dynamite. And I'll tell you what, that, there's power in dynamite. Do you know what an M80 is? What's an M80? What's an M80? It's a, it's a firework. It's a firework. How much of a full stick of dynamite is it? Nothing. Nothing. A I've heard it's a quarter. A yeah, a quarter. I might be wrong. What is it, Jeff? Do you know? Okay. C4. C4. Okay. C4. Well, you see four. Okay. <laughs> No dynamite. Let's see. We're using C4 today. All right. Well, God's a lot bigger in his power than C4, okay? There we go. Let's put it that way. What power? So, you know what? You could use enough dynamite to move Mount Pisgah. You're saying, that would take a lot of dynamite. Yeah, it would, but could you with dynamite move Mount Pisgah? Yeah. How much dynamite is it going to take to change someone's hard heart? There's not enough dynamite in this world to change somebody's hard heart. Can I get an amen on that one? Oh yeah, we'll blast them here to kingdom come, but their heart won't be changed. I got more dynamite, I'm going to blow up the whole world. Well good, I'm glad. You're not going to change one heart and you're going to send all of them to the lake of fire. How about you have power, so much power, that you can pierce a stone cold heart and draw them into Christ Jesus. How about that for power? How about enough power for you to give the message of salvation and you can raise someone up from the eternal death that they're living in because they're in their sins into a new man empowered to walk in the newness of life. Now that's power, man. That's power. By the way, that's power that dynamite cannot, cannot exert on the human heart. 
But the power of God in you can. The Spirit of God in you can. How many times have we heard stories about a little act of kindness piercing a hard heart and the person wants to become a Christian? I'll tell you what, kindness doesn't cost as much as dynamite or C4. And if you have dynamite and C4, you're in trouble with the law, so I'm not suggesting you do that. But kindness is free. It's free in Christ Jesus, and yet it can actually pierce a hard heart. How many of you know that's true? Can I get an amen? Brian, would you agree with that? Don't get up here and tell that story again. I've heard it so many times. One act of kindness, the power to pierce a heart and bring about salvation. I had the privilege of sitting with a, a, a middle-aged woman named Kim. Her brother just recently became a Christian. Darren, do you remember what that guy's name was? Okay, I remember it too. That guy, he was baptized down there at Dexter Lake, wasn't he? Yes. Last week I got to sit with Kim, Darren's sister. And you know what Kim said? And you're my witness. How long have you been in Christ? For uh, three months. Three months. Kim said, I want what he's got. That's a perfect quote, isn't it? Brethren, the power of God to pierce a heart. There's power. You need to understand that the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all of those are powerful to pierce the heart. Want me to prove that to you? Turn with me to 2 Timothy in chapter 4. It's just a, a page away. 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, it's even closer. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 through 26. Listen to the power to bring someone to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Dynamite can't do this. But the power that Paul's trying to illustrate is this explosive power that's able to really destroy Satan's hold on people. Look at this. Look at verse 24. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses, escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Do you see the power of kindness in that? Do you see the power of patience in that? Do you see the power and gentleness in that? Or meekness if you have a King James? Do you see the power? Brethren, dynamite can't do that. Angry words can't do that. Being skilled in how to logically ratchet someone into the water can't do that. But the love of God, the gentleness, the kindness, the patience of God has power. Now the question is, is where do you get that? That power comes from the Holy Spirit. You need to look at Ephesians. And I give you a couple scriptures there. I hope you go back and look at them. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You want to know what that's really about? I can have a good attitude no matter how bad the situation is. That's really what he's saying in Philippians 4.13. Read the context. A good attitude in a crummy situation is going to turn heads. Amen? 
Wow, I can't believe you got a good attitude. Everybody else, you know, but, but how come? What's going on? Because my hope's not in this world. It's in God. And I want to fulfill his will because I know what the end result is. And this, this other passage, I encourage you to read. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 says power. Verse uh, 16 says power. Verse 20 says power. All the power of God available to you to change the world. It literally says, it literally says in verse 20, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. That's the Holy Spirit. See, we have the power. Oh, I, 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 I can never do that. Yes, you're right. As a human being, yes, you could never do that. I know it's way out of your wheelhouse, but Christ in you is all-powerful, and he's able to do that through you and through me. See, so brethren, there's power available. But let's look at the next one, our purpose. I think a lot of things in this world really come down to people don't really know what their purpose is. You know why I think a lot of young people want to get involved in the, in the peaceful protests? Because they want meaning, they want purpose, they want a voice. I want to change this world. And I had that when I was a young man. There's nothing wrong with that. But when Satan goes, okay, I'll give you some purpose. I'll give you some meaning. I'll give you some direction. It's always in the wrong direction with the wrong purpose. I'll tell you what, the scriptures clearly teach that in 2 Timothy and chapter 1. Take a look with me. Take a look at verse, verse 9. The gospel is powerful and has the power of God to save us. Verse 9 to save us because he called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus. His own purpose. What is God's purpose for your life? What's God's will for your life? You ever ask that question? That's a good question to ask. Do you know the answer is in the Bible? What your purpose is? You see, I have a few scriptures down there for you. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30, Ephesians 1 and 3 and 1. And there's more and more and more. Purpose is everywhere in the Bible. What's his purpose? His purpose? And I hope you can stick with me for just a minute. Why were we created in the image of God? Why is not Bambi created in the image of God? Why am I not two dogs created in the image of God? Why aren't little bunnies? Why aren't little turtles created in the image of God? Why are humans created in the image of God? And why doesn't God or the devil hate little bunnies and little deer and little turtles, but he hates human beings? There's a reason. It's because he knows why God created you. And if you know why God created you, you are dangerous to him. Satan doesn't want you to know your purpose because if you know your purpose, then all of a sudden, he has no power over you whatsoever. And But worse, you have power to help other people become Christians. Satan hates that. We're created in God's image so that we can communicate with him and he can communicate to us. 
so that he can love us and we can love him. And so when we really come to understand what it means to be a Christian, we know then our purpose is to honor and glorify our Heavenly Father in all that we do and say. If you know your purpose in this life is to honor and to, and to magnify, to show forth how amazing your Father is in heaven, people are going to see that. You know what it means to glorify God? The word glorify actually literally means to mean make big. You've heard me say this before. Are we making God big? You know, Ryan did a great, great job this morning. You know, all of us have struggled, I think, in, in certain ways. Many of us probably with our mouth, with our tongue. And you know what? Even if you clean up the four-letter words, when you say vile words of discouragement and disgust and, and anger at people, those words are just as cutting, maybe even worse. But if we can get a handle through the Holy Spirit on this tongue, so all we're doing is building everybody up. Even when we have to correct them, we build them up in the correction rather than tear them down in the correction. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I've taught you how to do that. How many times have I told you that? How many times? And still, you're screwing up. Man, when are you going to learn? I'm just about done with you. Oh, that's a great way to build someone up so they change and become what you want them to be, right? Eh, wrong. But what if you say something like this? Man, I, I know you're struggling. I know you're struggling. I can tell. You're mad at me and everybody else, but most importantly, I think you're mad at yourself. And oftentimes you're right when you say that. And the person in their heart of hearts knows. And say, can I help? It doesn't have to be this way. Now, the person may reject you, but at least they know you understand. I know you can overcome this. You've overcome so many other things in your life. I know you can do this as well. And I want to come along. If you'll let me, I'll help you, man. I've been there. I got my own things I'm struggling with, but I've, I've conquered that one. Can I help? Is that different than how many times have I told you? See the difference? See, we need to understand, brethren, that our purpose is to glorify God. If you've thought that God is an angry God waiting to damn your soul to hell, well, somebody mistaught you. He loves you so much, he crushed his son. He loved you so much, he loved you more than his only begotten son. He crushed him because he hates you and wants to damn you to hell or because he loves you and he wants you to make it to heaven. Do you get that? Our purpose then is to make God big so that we can be the loving, the patient, the kind, the gentle, the courageous, the bold, the thoughtful, the wise in other people's lives. There's power there and there's purpose there. You know, many, 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 many years ago when I had lots of hair and I was skinny and Cynthia was still gorgeous. And, still, and she was still sweet. I mean, you haven't changed at all, Cynthia. Can you still do calligraphy? Okay, so that's how long ago it was when I had hair. That's a long time, okay? 
Some people are timeless and changeless. Others, well, the, the second law of thermodynamics, all things fall apart. Okay, there we go. That one right there is true. The purpose of Christ church is to glorify God through Jesus Christ and all they do and say, succinctly stated. When people hear you, they should hear who? Jesus. When they see you, who should they see? Jesus. You want to know why Ryan, I almost said Brian, Ryan's new boss said what he said? Even though he didn't know, hey, he's a Christian, because he saw something different in him. I wish I could say, well, Ryan, I've never had that experience you were talking about before, about, you know, blowing it, you know, and everybody's going, yeah, you're a Christian. I wish I could say, that's never been in my past. Unfortunately, that's been in my past way more than it should have been. But I've decided I'm going to glorify God in my body. So every morning when I get up and I'm doing my Bible study, you want to know what I'm thinking? Lord, help me to see you in this scripture so I can live like you in this day. What's the last thing here? This is super important. Our position in Christ Jesus. Our position in Christ Jesus. You need to know your position in Christ Jesus. By the way, by the way, according to the scriptures, are you seated below the throne, cowering, waiting for the crumbs from the throne of God? Or are you filled with the Spirit of God and you can come confidently to the throne of grace because, brethren, are you ready for this? You are crucified with him. You are buried with him. You are raised up with him and you're seated with him in the heavenly places right now. You are on the throne of grace in Christ Jesus. You say, whoa, man, you're making yourself equal with God. No, I'm not. I'm a son of God. If you're a Christian, you're a son of God, a daughter of God. You've been raised up. You're seated with him in the heavenly places. You can confidently come to the throne of grace because your position there is secure in the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Go back and look at Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 19. The new and living way opened up for us when Jesus died on the cross. We have confident, any moment, any time access to the throne of grace to receive what? To receive mercy and help in time of need. Brethren, I don't know about you, but being in grace, God's grace, is power and freedom. By the way, can I ask you to read Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 4 when you have a minute or two? You are in grace. Hey, would you read 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, verse 1 and 2? You are standing in grace. Grace is is the unmerited gift, secure salvation. The only way you can lose that is to say, I don't want it, I don't need it, I'm done. And you walk away. Don't die in that state. You come back home like the prodigal. Don't die in that state. You come back home. Now what if you make a mistake? Ooh, ooh. Ah, forgive me. Look, done. Now it's not that whimsical, but it's that fast. Lord, please forgive me. That one's paid for. All the rest are paid for. 
forgiven, forgotten, that sin is paid for, everything else, all unrighteousness is cleansed in the confession of a Christian. Any moment, any time, any day. Is that power, brethren? Is that freedom, brethren? I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me. Because as I strive for perfection, as I strive for perfect holiness, I got news for you. I know you're all going to be shocked. I haven't arrived yet. I'm, I'm striving and I'm overcoming, but uh, there's still every once in a while, more than once in a while, but every once in a while, boom, the devil gets because I take my eyes off of Jesus. That jerk seems like he's watching me all the time. But man, I'm excelling and it's exciting because I can tell that he doesn't like the way I'm growing. But you know what's really cool? He doesn't like the way this church body is growing either. Alan, can I tell a really sweet story about what you told me this last uh, Wednesday when we got together? You know, can I and quote, tell me, oh, you got that story all wrong. Okay, I'm going to let you do this, okay? But here's what it was. He goes, you know what's so cool is that, man, all these churchy, churchy folks at work, man, I don't want nothing to do with them. And then, and, then, and then my dad and my brothers, they had the same thing going on. It's like, they're just church people, they're hypocrites, you know? And then he was nervous coming out here, <laughs> you know? Oh, I'm going to get the stink eye. <laughs> well, you know what? Unfortunately, that's a, a common occurrence, right? What happened here? You, you say it right now, real loud. He felt like he was a part of this family the moment he walked in. Praise God, we're a family. Praise God, we're a family. That's what family's all about. Even though there might be a little bit of, everybody's welcome. Come on in. Let's grow together. Amen? That is because we have power, we have purpose, and we are confident in his grace. Ah, there's no other place like being in Christ Jesus. Amen? So the question is, do you know him fully? All of us need to work on that. Amen? I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just saying we all need to work on that to know him more, to believe him better, and to trust him with everything. To know, to believe and to trust we can be the unashamed. Those who are powerful, those who are purposeful, and those who have a position in Christ Jesus. With eagerness and enthusiasm, we can go forth because of that trust in who he is. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God in heaven, I just pray that you would help us to continue to search the scriptures to understand the, the amazing joy, the amazing strength and confidence, the power and the purpose, the meaning in this life in Christ Jesus. It's there for us to understand and to live what joy we, we forsake because we don't search the word to know these things. And yet, Father, as we do, as we study these things out, Father, you give us that great excitement about life that great drive that you've given through your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord God, to understand and help us, Father, to practice these things, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right, let's stand and, and get excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to? Go. Ooh. Can we do that a little bit louder? What did Jesus Christ say to do? He said to? Go.
Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right, good job. Let's do it. Woo! Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.